God has truly been blessing. Well, growing up, my dad left when I was nine years old. When my pops left when I was nine years old, that's that filled that there was a void that needed to be filled. With that void that needed to be filled, it led me to make decisions that was just out of the ordinary. Didn't grow up in the hood. Both parents worked. Mom was a retired school teacher. But it's still, I didn't have that every day that a man need. I didn't have that father figure to show me what it was to be a man, to guide me in the direction of being a man. Because at that point in time, I didn't really feel like my pops was a man himself. You know, my pops left and took care of another family. And when he took care of that other family, he threw me to the wayside. I'm like, I'm your flesh and blood. How can you throw your flesh and blood to the wayside? You know, so that was something that followed me in my entire life. People say, you know, I don't worry about that stuff. I'm over it. Truth being told, you never get over it. That's something that affects you and is going to follow you until you find some kind of outlet. And it has to be a positive outlet. But a lot of times, people find a negative outlet to let out their emotions and their feelings because they're hurt and they're they're trying to fill that void. Well, for me, it was negative. I used to play sports. Man. I used to run track, play football, wrestle. All of the above. But then, as I got older, around about 15, started smoking weed. I told my mom, I was like, I'm tired of going to school with all these white folk. I need to be around my own people. Because I'm sitting over here listening to Public Enemy and Arrested Development. Not even realizing how good I really had it. You know, like... I went from Fed County school systems, which were, I mean, off the meter, you know, back then. Santa Creek High School was the school of technology back in that day. I mean, you went from having TVs in every classroom. You know, they were practicing with the Internet. We having virtual classes with students and Japan and China, all over the world. And I'm over here bumping Goody Mob like, yo, but you got this Kylie Park nigga over here talking to these little cats over there in Japan. You know what I mean? They're bumping some Goody Mob at that time. Soul Food had just dropped. But I was just like, wow. I was in amazement. But then when I decided that that was just too white for me, I said, man, look, I need to be around my people. So that's when my mom was like, since you want to be around your folks, since you want to think you're a gangster, since you want to be around stuff like that, I'm going to let you experience that. And I'm going to let you really see how good you really got it. And the crazy thing is, that's just how my mom was. You know, after my pops left, you know, she didn't fall in her rut. Yeah, she was upset, but my mom let me venture out and live life for myself. She showed me people that were less fortunate than me because she always said that you may not want this toy or whatever, 
But these people right here worrying about their last meal. You know? My mom had me in, involved in different community activities. New Cup, Mr. Lewis. Man, I love Mr. Lewis to this day. Down 100% 21 gun salute type of guy. We'll go into these communities to try to show these kids a young these young black men and women a better way. So throughout New Cup, we would help them, we would tutor them reading, writing, math, whatever. I'm sitting here stressing about a toy, not being able to go to Six Flags or whatever. But these kids worrying about a meal. Around 7.30, we all eat. I get home. If I'm still hungry, I just go to the refrigerator. For many of them, that was their last meal. And for some of them, that was their only meal. So that's why she had always instilled in my mind that no matter what you feel like you're going through, there's always somebody going through something worse than you. See, that's what a whole thing about we all got a story to tell. Your story may be different than mine, but we all have a story. So, all right, now let me fast forward back. I'm at Westlake. First day I walk up in that joint. You know, I rode the bus. Wasn't nobody mad. I'm like, shit, I ain't never rode no bus before. This is my neighborhood school, you know? So I'm like, shit. Ain't no thing. I walk in them doors, man. I'm talking about, I see Joan get stumped out. First, within the first three to five minutes of me being in there, Joan got stumped out on the stuff. Then, next day, I see. Cash fighting in the hallway, fighting in the parking lot. Females fighting males. Males fighting females. Both getting stabbed in the head with force. And I'm like, whoa, man, this is totally different than what I'm used to. What in the world? It's like a zoo. To be totally honest, that was my first impression. I was like, damn, this is like a zoo. Went from having a TV and a computer to every classroom to maybe three out of the whole entire school. I'm, I was wow. I was flabbergasted. I didn't know what to expect. Like, wow, is this for real? Well, at that point in time, that's why I really began to see the differences between us and our counterparts. Their families invested in their children's education. Their family sat there and had these conversations with them as far as how to manage your money, where your money need to go, had four not four case IRAs and CDs and all kind of investments invested in their children you know, from the time that they were born. So by the time they turned 18, people like, man, this dude was driving a Toyota Corolla. Nah, he done jumped up in the Benz. Well, that's from investments, college education paid for everything. And then they just move on in life and build off of their previous investments. 
you know, that was given, that was started by their parents and their parents sat there and nurtured and we didn't have that opportunity because in our mindset, based off our environment, it was all about survival. Being that we had to survive, it was just like we sit down to eat at the table. If you if you do have a complete family system, father, mother, child, children, siblings, whatever, it was like we couldn't talk at the table. Pops be like, you don't talk at the table. I'm like, why? You know, that was always mom and tell why. These folks had conversations, so based off environment, we didn't invest back into our communities, into our educational system the way they did. I mean, every high school, every middle school in Fed County had a football stadium in the 80s, in the 90s, you know, Fulton County, South Fulton didn't start having football stadiums to like mid-90s going into the 2000s. I remember Creekside was one of the first schools to have their own football stadium. But schools like Westlake Varsity would go play in the city of College Park or, you know, other places like that that had their football games. And, Though the only reason why, I mean, that's owned by the city is because, or the county is because that we didn't invest back into our communities like we should have. Parents weren't as supportive. You know, when going to the PTA meetings, talking to the teachers or the town hall meetings of that thing, you know, and that's really troubling because that shows a lack in knowledge, a lack in the educational system, but then we always excel, you know, when it came to entertainment. We always excel when we came to sports. So it make you look look at it as if we can all we could put on a damn good show, pretty much. Well, what about the knowledge? What about the knowledge? What about the black and white? What what about reading between the lines? What about yeah, I made it, but I got to give back. So I'm in this. I'm in this environment, and be honest with you, it didn't last long because while I'm going through my pro-black era, my dad and my mom, they wasn't on the best of terms, so they beefing with each other. My dad moved on to my stepmom, which that's who he allowed to come and infiltrate the household, and you know, like they say, it takes two to tangle, so she... Couldn't have done it if he didn't allow her to. So that's why as a man, as the man that I am, I strive, I can I strive for excellence. But you no know, truth be told, the only perfect person that ever walked the earth is Jesus Christ himself. So I love to be Christ like and that's what I'm learning. But I'm far from perfect. You did. Well, going through that process of like this transition and feeling like, man, you know, this is where I want to be. But then it turn and turn. It's like, hold on, these folk right here off the meat rack. I get mad with my mom. When I get mad with my mom, I decide I'm going to go live with my dad or whatever. Thinking I was getting back at her. Moved in with my dad. All right, I had already started smoking weed by the age of 15. Now I done elevated my game. 
I done started skipping school. You know, not even it wasn't even senior skip day. I was skipping school. I was just skipping school because I'm trying to kick it with a little female and get some tail. God work in mysterious ways because I go down the steps at the martyr station and see one of my mom's best friends. She's like a God sister to me. She could be a God auntie, a God mama. Because, you know, she loved her. And she was like, Justin, what you doing? And I remember I told her, oh, we, we didn't have to go to school today. She got East Point train station. You know what I mean? So, like, she said, oh, okay. So I done ran and jumped on the bus. Then thinking that she was going to call my mama. Well, I'm like, my mom and dad beefing anyway. So, it don't matter. My mom called me and she confronted me like a mother's supposed to do. And she said, what you doing at the train station? Fulton kind of went out of school. And I'm like, man, you don't tell me what to do. I do what I want to do. I don't live with you no more. I stay with my dad. Some of the most hurtful words I ever said to my mom. Because you know what? From day one, my mama been there. How could I turn on a person who went without for me to be able to have something? You know, telling this story is really getting to me. It's bringing back memories. And these memories, they weren't all pleasant memories. And, you know, it's kind of touching as I get older because I think about how far I've come. Think about where I'm at. I love my mama. I just thank God that she's still with me. And I love my pops, the relationship we have now. But we finished talking. Tell my mama. So she told my dad, even though they were beefing. My dad called himself going to try to be a disciplinarian or whatnot. See, this time, all this going on, I'm trying to be a rapper, so... You know, if you're a rapper, you got to skip school. You feel me? If you're a rapper, you got to smoke weed. If you're a rapper, you know, you got to you gotta sell dope. You know, that was just, you know, made my life interesting. Nobody wanted to hear about a suburban kid who ain't went through nothing. Daddy just left him. You know, some of these folks, mama crack kids, daddy crack kids, don't know the daddy, mama got HIV, sister got HIV, you know, all of the above, man. I'm like, I didn't come for none of that. Overall, despite everything I had gone through, I came from a really good family. But that ain't enough sometimes. You know, it didn't have enough excitement, so... I was seeking for the excitement. So I got the excitement. And I say, my dad had me turn on my mom and stuff. You know, he told me, you stay with me, graduate. I get you whatever call you want. I fell for that shit. You know that? I get over there. My dad allowed me to be mistreated so bad, y'all. These folks would eat steak and potatoes and make me eat like corn and lettuce and 
all that shit because they was like, oh, we trying to help you lose weight. Because, you know, I got some meat on my bones and I ain't ashamed about it. My dad allowed his own family to be mistreated because he was so heavily influenced and under this, this woman's spell and I just didn't understand why. Like, why? Why don't you love me? Everything had to come with a cost. You know, you couldn't just come to my football games and just watch me play. Like, this is my son and it's just me and dad time. You always had an audience. Always had other people there. Stepsisters, stepbrothers and all that. Well, no, not every moment was meant for them. The moments that I had for me and my pops when I was more involved in the communities and sports and all that was the moment that I wanted for my pops because I knew my mom would be there. So it would be like the facade of a complete family. You picture it, just one bit facade, man, you know, because it wasn't real, but it looked real because so many of my friends had mothers and fathers and you know, you don't have that. So when you grow up as a child and you go out and it's just you and your mom, wherever you go and you see your friends who got their mom and their dad and they're looking happy. You don't know what's really going on in the household, but it's it's the look that you're caught in and being that you're caught in this look. It's just like, that's what I want. And I want a complete family. I always wanted a complete family. Well, that didn't happen. Just kept being B, kept being B. So, staying with my dad didn't last either. Because me and my dad fought like three, four times. You, you know, he would beef with my mom about stuff and he called my mama a bitch. And I used to be like, nigga, you ain't finna talk to my mama like that. I don't, I don't care who you is and I don't care where I'm staying. But shit, my nigga, she would have won here. Now, I'm about 15, 16 years old now. So, like, I'm talking to a grown man like this. And, you know, felt like I had to defend the honor of my mom. And I was just like, really? Defending the honor of my mom, I should have just stayed where I was at because I had it good. Left Westlake because some cats are finna try to tap my ass up, man. <laughs> Over a cell phone, shorty. <laughs> Not a cell phone, no, nah, no, nah, my bad. Over a pager. Teacher took my pager, gave me somebody else's pager. I done sold a pager. Now the page, the teacher done came back to me asking me for the pager back. I'm like, man, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. You gave me my pager back. What happened? I'm thinking, what happened to my pager? You done gave me this other clown pager. You know what I'm saying? And now you want me to give him his pager? I'm like, nah, bro, you better go ahead with that. I forgot that teacher, man. He was young back then. You old duck looking teacher. So I go to Creekside. And, you know, Creekside, it wasn't like Westlake. 
but it wasn't like Fed County. But Creekside, at Creekside, you had like the pole white trash and I'm talking about like the the real rednecks, not the fake rednecks that you would see growing up in Fayetteville. Like, man, you go down to Rico, Georgia and certain parts of Palmetto, these white boys got chickens running around in the yard. Real live Confederate flash, man. Like, straight up. At Fed County, these folks had the Confederate flats and everything. But they folks living in three, four hundred thousand dollar homes. So, you dealing with food gazes and I'm dealing with the real deal, you feel me? Also, in case, you know, as well, aka Pastor Troy. Went to high school together there. Dude was a funny dude. That's all I got to say. He was a funny dude. Like, comical funny. You know what I mean? Troy was a good cat, though. I seen him in passing. But, you know, I speak every now and then on Facebook. But, you know, no real conversation outside of that. But anyway, we at Creekside. So, while I'm at Creekside... Everybody knew my stepsisters and stuff, so, and I knew some of my stepsisters' friends and all of that, so when I went there, you know, I was hollering at a couple of their little homegirls or whatnot, and <laughs> I had me, like, a slight reputation, so I thought thought I was that guy a little bit, you know, I was stepping up back then, you had the heel figures, both still was rocking the polos, and you know, the, the polo had the little bow on it. So I had, you know, a little chain, you know, with a bow on it, because they used to call me Teddy. Had me a, a, a hat airbrush with an eight ball on it and gold, you know, and that joint had sniper on it. Those thinking joker that they used to call Onion stole that junk, man. Try to act like he didn't like nigga, you don't steal my hat, bro. I'm talking about this is what I'm experiencing now. When I went through my little pro-black moment where I didn't want to be around white folks or nothing. You know, it's just like I wanted to be around my people. I was I wanted to be down. So I'm going through all of this and I'm like, damn. I ain't never went through this in County. The worst thing I went through, I was in fourth grade and a white boy called me a nigga. I didn't know what a nigga was. And when I told my mama, because my teacher tried to, you know, keep it light, she wanted to kind of like brush it under the rug, didn't want to make it a big issue. See, she was Hispanic. She wasn't light skinned Hispanic though, because she really could pass for white. So my mom was like, oh, hell no, shut off in the pull you to the side and I'm finna tell you who you really is, bruh. Let me tell you who you are, man. You a black man and this is the origin and, you know, be proud of that. You know, that was the worst thing I experienced in Fed County. But here, though, man, I had cats steal my guest boots, man. You know, and that jump was funny because I'm like, nigga, when you stole the guest boots, they were wore down and beat up anyway, so... You know, you could steal my guest boots and I would jump back the next week with the felines and stuff. 
forever I love Atlanta because I love my felines and stuff. You know, they were popping back then. Had the Grant Hill felines and then had the felines the with the F on the side with the little split F's. I forgot what they call it. They trying to bring them jokers back. Had me Air Force Ones. I always kept the fresh pair of feet, you know. So it's like, man, you know, I think you're a little bit less fortunate than me, but so you going to have them. You know, but damn, bro, you ain't had to just take him out of the gym. And then when John took him out of the gym, it was crazy because I'm like, bro, nigga gonna steal my shoes like I ain't have an extra pair. Then when, then when I was wearing them as gym shoes. Like, man, if you gonna steal something, you need to steal a fresh pair. Don't steal nobody damage. You know, I damn, don't split the size of them shoes, man, but I'm like, and then, and then John had a had the audacity to wear a big toe almost hanging out the side. Oh, stanking feet, nigga. Used to date nasty, fat, sloppy white girls. Man, I ain't calling folks' name out, man, cause you know I don't want to. I don't want to offend nobody, you know. But they know who I'm talking about. You know, I'm talking about, bro. I was just like, wow, I'm going through all these changes. I'm getting in the fights left and right. I done got suspended like two, three times, and you know, back then you get suspended like three times for fighting, they kick you out of school. Ain't never been no fighter, man. I always wanted to be a lover, man. My last name Reeves, man. T B Reeves, my granddaddy shouted. You ask him, you know, what the T and the B stand for, shouted would say tight body or truly blessed, man, you know. Hey, man, you knew T.B. Reeves, you knew you had a true OG. So, I always been a lover, not a fighter. But I got in a fight three times. And it just got to the point where I was just like, you know, let me backtrack. One of them fights with this sucker, man, he thought he had us. He came at me with a hammer. But like I said, I had a little bit of clout. So, everybody was like, yo, man, you got an issue with my partner. You got an issue with me. And it was like one or two jokers, man. You know, that's my partner, Fred, who stuck up for me, man. Fred stayed across the street, man. But, you know, it's like I was going through changes. Wasn't nothing going good. My dad had two heart attacks. Come to find out years later, the heart attacks came from when he was snoring cocaine, see, my stepmom was the party chick. She let him have a good time and all that. My mom was like, look, I got a child, so you're not finna have all that food gazy sure bit around my my youngin. So I guess my mom was like too uptight or whatever. My stepmom was more loose, so she you know, unleash that noose around his neck that apparently my mama had, so he felt like he can breathe. And with that, you know, that led him to make these make these decisions, man, to abandon his only son. So this stuff followed me and just followed me and followed me and followed me and followed me. You know what I mean? Then I got so tired, man. I remember it's like. 1995, and that was when the Million Man March, the first Million Man March, 
going to New Light Presbyterian Church in my mind. I'm, I'm like, I'm about to quit school, man. I'm about to drop out and go get my GD. And, you know, at that point in time, back then, you really couldn't do too much with a GD like you can now, man. It was very limited. I knew I could get into a vocational school. And if I chose after that vocational school to move over to, you know, college or whatever, I had that option and everything. But I was just like, man, bump that. I'm done. Well, what changed my mind was the church had sister churches, man, in Jamaica, Africa. So that year, 95, the church had gone to Jamaica. And while we over there, we, 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 we were taking school books and toys and old clothes and it was like almost mid-June they were still in school you know basically we was we gave them our hand-me-down and for them it was gold it was like riding in a Bentley filet mignon you know they were so happy and they were so humble and I was just like, man, I'm over here tripping and need folk less fortunate than I am. And bruh, they're more happy than I am. Well, when we got back, we got back. I was like, you know what? I'm finna go. I'm going back to school, but the downside to me going that at the you know, going to school was like I couldn't go back to Fulton County, so I had to go to Fed County. You see, my ninth grade year, I was at McIntosh. Then I ended up, my sophomore, junior, going back to Fed County. That's when I ended up at Sandy Creek. Well, I get that. Now, I don't spend two years away from the white folks and stuff and start acting like the black folk, man, the, the niggas up here. So that's how my mentality was. But the crazy thing is I still knew a lot of people. You know, I knew a lot of folks, man, you know, from down there, from because I had gone to elementary, middle school and all of that. So it wasn't like foreign grounds or nothing to me. I go there, I'm having a good time. Remember, I met my partner. Still my partner to this day, friends on Facebook, my homeboy Albert Anderson. Man, first day we met, I got kicked out of class because me and that joker and that just a joning up a storm. Like, joning, 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 joning. That joke was funny, man. So, you know, I'm going through the school year. I wasn't able to go to the Million Man March because. I was starting that new school, and while I was in there, man, everything was cool. It was straight. Yeah, I had gotten behind, though, so I was playing catch-up on my classes so I could graduate in 96. Man, I get to the point, man, I remember, man, this white dude, man, I, fat redneck, man, gonna sit. He called me a nigga. Man, I went over the table at that joker, man. And the teacher sat up here 
tried to take off on that junk gave me a flashback. Now I told you I'm already going through daddy issues and all this stuff, you know. So nine years old, I'm in fourth grade. That's when I had the first experience of a white person calling me a nigga. You know what I mean? So now I'm about to I'm trying to graduate, get caught up, and then I got this redneck calling me a nigga. And I went over the table because now at this point. I knew what a nigga was. You feel me? Teacher sat back. You know, tried to make me look like the bad guy. And you know, she said I made the comment like, bitch, I kill you. I don't know. I maybe said it. Maybe I didn't. Well, here we go. Fort Fed County. About to get kicked out of school here. Man, I sent my mama through hell, y'all. So, it's like... My mom well connected out there, Fed County, man. My mama knew knew the superintendent. They were real close. He had so much respect for my mama. Guess what? I grew up around these people, so they knew me, and they gave me a chance. But I ended up having to go to night school, and then from night school, I had to come back the next year because that particular class, I had to take a second semester. So now, instead of graduating in 96, you know, I got to graduate in 97, and it's like, man, I feel stupid as hell, man. You know, because see, a Fords and Kinda, they just kept moving you and moving you and moving you. You just didn't graduate. They sent you to Frank McLaren Open Campus, the alternative school, but in Fed County, they hold you back. So, basically, you got to earn your way, and if you don't earn your way, then they not they not gonna give it to you, which that's something I appreciate because in life, man, people ain't finna give you nothing. Anything that you want, you gotta work hard for. So they instill that those qualities or whatever in Fed County that you know they didn't install those instill those qualities in Fordson County. But again, you had a you you go to a, a different kind of people out there in Fed County. And uh, Fed County, man, your best friend could have been Asian, white, Muslim, all that, man. You know, they didn't care about all that junk like that, man. It's just now. Folks are ignorant and stupid, like. But yeah, anyway, so I'm back down there. And I had to take the same teacher again. That's why I met my best friend to this day, man. My man, John. My man, Brandon, bro. R.I.P., dog. Miss you, man. We both do, bro. And we was sitting back. You know, yeah, I still trying to be a rapper. Second go around with a group called South Messiah. We put together at first. It was me and Al and his and his cousin Demetrius. We called him Dog Meat, and um, that's when they called me Polo. People said, "Why they call you Polo? Because players only live once." I told you who my granddad was. TV Reed showed. Well. I'm here now. I'm down there. 
we became click tight. So everywhere I go, you always see me, Brandon, and John. You know, a cat named Dwayne, rest in peace, Dwayne. He had the sticky fingers. We would go to the Shannon Mall before it's Atlanta South Movie Studios. Now, Dwayne would go in the Macy's and come out that joke with Polo Hill figures, Nike, Kenneth Coles. <laughs> No, we would sneak and go to the subdivision in the back and smoke weed and black and miles because that's what was cool back there. But I'm working on graduating because I want that cap and gown. I want my cap and gown. I want my i never forget, man. It was probably about the last week. I'm about to graduate. And this joker named Jerry Williams. Jerry used to talk a whole bunch of junk. Jerry was good people. But Jerry would talk a whole bunch of junk and get in the fight. <laughs> and Jerry <would> really lose, too. <laughs> well, that Jerry would talk all the junk in the world, shawty. Jerry was cool, though, man. I don't know what he do. I ain't seen him since, like, 09, bro, at our homeboy funeral. But, uh, so John ended up choking me out. And I'm like, bro, I can't breathe. He said, nigga, you ain't supposed to. You got to graduate. Like, damn. That's my partner right there. That's my, that's my milk. So, I graduated. I graduated, I think I was, I was 18 when I graduated. Uh, just getting ready to turn 19. I think I was 18, you know. You know. Went in, I went to the Art Institute or whatever. You know, wanted to chase my dreams of being a rapper, a writer, all this stuff. And, Got sidetracked there because now there's so many people just like me from so many different places, man. You know, I got it, man. That's when I was really, when I really started blazing, man. Because, you know, I was blazing all kind of stuff. I almost got arrested smoking at Leonard's Mall and got banned from Leonard's Mall. I remember my mama find out about that. She was so embarrassed. She was just like, I never raised you like that. How in the hell you get banned from, from a mall? So at that time, I started working with a children's organization. And while I was working with this children's organization, you know, I was trying my, you know, to show them the right way. It was called Hands On Atlanta. The kids had a Christmas program and I wanted to go see them sing and they had to go sing at Lennox. I'm banned from Lennox, you know, so... I had to kind of like sneak and duck around corners of, you know, making sure ain't nobody recognized me because I wanted to see the little kids sing Christmas carols. So, I was dating this chick and she came up there. And I'm sitting here ducking. That joke was funny. Just to see my babies, man, seeing their Christmas carols. I was so proud. So I was never a bad person. I just did 
deepest stuff. So, you know, the reason that I came to the conclusion that I want to do this podcast again is because, like I said, man, I'm 40 now, so I'm not trying to be running on stage, jumping up and down, rapping and all of that. Getting too old for that brother knees hurting, man, you know, but I do have a voice still. Always had a voice. Everybody say, man, your voice is so captivating and you know, you could you gonna you gonna do big things, man. You're gonna influence a lot of people. So that's what I really wanna do. I just hope my stories can help you all. Because it's man, we all got a story. And then the brothers at my church now, you know, I'm an older man. I done had my life experiences and, you know, if I could change certain things, certain things I would change, you know, not because I regret, but just because it would have been a better decision and I would have, you know, could I mean, several reasons you could have been better off. It could have been financially or whatever, but that's what I, that's what I would have done. You know, some in some aspects, but that's not a whole lot because I don't really have regrets. They say you shouldn't go through life with regrets or whatever, but, uh, you know, that's just how it is, though. But as his older man, wiser, seeking, seeking God, I want to be a word of encouragement. I want to inspire somebody and that person that I inspire could be the one who inspired me. You know, I got to that point from my brothers at the church. My brothers got me to the point where I can trust again, where I can feel more secure about myself as a, as a person, as an individual It's okay to go through life and make mistakes. It's not what you do. It's how you rebound. It's how you bounce back from these mistakes. Do you do you learn from these mistakes? Do you keep making the same mistakes? The one thing that I see, you keep making the same mistakes. You know, I was talking to my partner, you know, yesterday... You know, some things that he trying to do, man, is, you know, we one of the main things we talked about is free your mind. Do what you want to do. Don't be so dependent on these corporations. Don't be dependent on anyone because at the end of the day, everybody got something that they really love to do. And you should pursue it. Because if you do that, then you'll be happy. People make less or more happy if they doing what they love to do because it's a passion that's sent behind punching the clock, doing something they doing just to get by. That's where I'm at, man. I mean, I've been in healthcare for the longest. I, you know, I like helping people and stuff, but I 
mean, I'm not really into the, the touchy-feely stuff, man, to be honest with you. But my job requires me to do that, so that's what I do. So, my love is talking. So, through this podcast, that's what I want to do. I want to share my stories and share other people's stories. And hopefully, I could shed that light on somebody, that person who feel like they at the end of the road, who feel like they back is against the wall, who feel like they have no one to talk to, no one to, no one to listen to them. Let them know that you can always holler at Sir Jacobs. Always. Because we all got a story. I just want to be a blessing to other people. Because my brothers at the church has been a major blessing to me. Like I said, it got me to the point where I could be more secure at being who I am. And that's everything that we long for. So, just saying, man, y'all take this ride with me. Take this ride with me. This ride going to be one hell of a ride. Yes, indeed. Sir Jenkins Radio, y'all. I'm glad y'all tuned in. I'm going to keep hitting you with something every week you did. Contact me at sirjenkins.radio at yahoo.com. Again, that's sirjenkins.radio at yahoo.com. And that Jenkins is spelled J-A-N-K-I-N-S. Jenkins, shawty. Y'all hold it down. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in where you guarantee to win. It's your host with the most who keep that flavored hope. Guarantee to plant a seed that you're so gonna need. Until next time, people. Thank you for tuning in to Sir Jenkins Radio. Ha <laughs> ha.